It's Wednesday. Good afternoon. I'm Byron Tyler. Pleasure to have you here on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. We happen to be live today, right now under a mostly cloudy sky, 87 degrees. Uh, I love these cooler temperatures. A little less humid. I went out for lunch today, and uh, I'll tell you, it really felt good. It's been kind of sticky for the last few days, but you know how these Memphis summers are. Now they linger into August and sometimes even into September, but we're here together having a great afternoon with a program I hope you'll stay tuned for. You know, Memphis is about to officially welcome its newest college coming up on Tuesday. Is that the 21st, I believe? Yes, it is. A ribbon-cutting ceremony that will launch the College at Mid-America in Cordova. This launch will coincide with the annual Founders Day at Mid-America Baptist Theological Seminary. The evening will also feature an address by Dr. Ken Hamp, who is president and CEO of Answers in Genesis. To give us more details from the seminary, from the college at Mid-America, Dr. Brad Thompson, the executive vice president, dean of the college at Mid-America, also chairman and professor of the Department of Christian Education, Brad, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Doing great today. Thank you for inviting me. I'm glad to be here. Love the seminary. It's a great, great ministry in our city. And not just in our city. I mean, it actually impacting people in New York from a campus there and other ministries around the world. And it has been since 1971. Great, great history and story there. But before we jump in, Brad, I understand that you grew up in, uh, was it San Diego area? Well, that's part of my growing up years. We're in San Diego, uh, Southern California. And uh, then my dad's uh, job brought us to Athens, Georgia. So there's a lot of difference between San Diego, California, and Athens, Georgia. <laughs> so it was culture shock on me. What was, what was the biggest adjustment or the culture shock that you can remember? Just learning to speak the lingo, the language, <laughs> not being near an ocean, yeah. all those things that you would think about. I can understand that. Yeah, there's certain parts of Georgia, when you go really deep south, I've been down to Macon, Georgia, you know, you've got to really listen closely. But what's some great... Some Great people, you know, and I uh, enjoy. They make great Southern sweet tea, too, by the way. <laughs> yes, Georgia cooks are the best, so th- I'm totally unbiased when I say that. Well, I understand that it was at a, a young age that you came to Christ. Yes, I came to Christ uh, at the age of nine at the First Southern Baptist Church of San Diego, California. Had grown up in church all my life and uh, was listening to the pastor preach, and it just uh, suddenly he was talking to me. He wasn't just talking, he was talking to me. And uh, so I talked to my parents and talked with the pastor, gave my heart and life to Christ, and never been the same. Talk just for a second, Brad, if you will, that you mentioned he was talking to you. There's something more to that, because we have listeners and people who attend church every Sunday, you know, and it, it just seems like it's kind of monotonous, or maybe there's nothing really other than some educational experience that we're learning from Scripture where the pastor's teaching. But there was something different about that Sunday for you. There was for me. When I was, when I was nine years old, suddenly when he started talking about us being separated from God, what it meant for us to give our heart and life and mind to the Lord Jesus Christ, suddenly it, it dawned on me, I'm lost. He's not just talking in theory. He's really talking to me about me. And uh, so that that bothered me, and that's when I talked to my parents and then ultimately to the pastor, and he helped me to understand how I could have 
a personal relationship, not just some type of educational experience, but a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And that's where it began. It really did for Because me. at 17, you sensed a call to go into ministry. I did. Uh, I went to a church there in Athens, Georgia. And uh, when I was in high school, again, I had this sense that the Lord wanted – I didn't know exactly how he wanted me involved in ministry. But I had a sense that the Lord wanted me involved in ministry, talked to my pastor about that, other men that I respected. And they helped me to understand what that call really meant. I didn't realize that you had spent some portion of your ministry working as a youth pastor for a church here in Memphis, and I'm surprised that we haven't. Maybe our paths have crossed at one time. I can't remember specifically when it was. You said that we've met before, but uh, where exactly in, in church staff, youth pastor, were you working? Well, uh, I was at a smaller church off of Winchester Road, Crestview Baptist Church, and Crestview no longer is uh, is functioning as a church, but uh, that's where I served as a youth pastor, and then later down in the Delta, um, in uh, the Mississippi Delta, I served as a music and youth pastor. So, yeah, I have uh, had the, the privilege of, of serving youth, and in that, in that way it was really an, a, rem- a remarkable experience. Brad, I noticed when I was looking over your resume that you like to write on topics like learning, education, and leadership. Uh, was there a particular leader that you admired when you were growing up? Well, you know, we, we just had the passing of Dr. Billy Graham, and my wife and I just were in North Carolina in the Asheville area and had a chance to stop by the Cove and to see the chapel area there of Dr. Graham and obviously had such a great impact on my life, even as a young person in Southern California. Uh, I remember going to a crusade and even more than one crusade and, and seeing Dr. Graham and hearing him and just had a great impact on my life. I think it's so important that our younger generation see those you know, spiritual mile markers and leaders that they can identify with and, you know, look up to. And, uh, you know, even Paul said, I mean, he doesn't want everybody to you know, follow me as I follow Christ. Ultimately, we know. But we have a great responsibility when it comes to being leaders and Christian leaders. I think so. And really, that's really what the, the College of Mid-America is uh, about is – uh, obviously, we need leaders in the church and in uh, church organizations, Christian organizations, but also out in the marketplace. We need uh, Bible-believing Christians, strong people of faith who are uh, exercising their faith in the marketplace, in these other areas. And that's part of the reason why we have and are beginning to offer degrees in other areas. What is the biggest dilemma you feel facing undergraduate education today? Well, you and I both know that uh, higher education has changed a lot. I this this week is my fortieth high school graduation reunion, so it's been a long time since I've been out of high school. You can't be but forty years old. Yeah, well, a little bit older than that, but. You and I both can sense, and, and people listening today can sense that, uh, that that college and high school has changed over the years. And so uh, what we're trying to do is to uh, help people that are going to college to not lose their faith, but to strengthen their faith through the process. And college is somewhat transactional. I'll give you tuition money, and I'll buy the books, and I'll take the courses, and and you'll give me a – so there is a transaction. But we want it to be transformational, not just transactional, but how 
how can the experience of college change you for the better and help to increase your faith, not to harm or damage your faith? Well, sadly enough, as you made reference to, typically, you know, as you look at uh, those students coming out of high school and even who've been well grounded in maybe Christian education, have been, you know, very involved with their, their youth group and, you know, activities and made an early commitment to Christ. I mean, there, it seems like often when they go to college, uh, their their faith is shipwrecked, you know, and they just abandon the faith, Brad. Yeah, and you can even sense that in churches today. If, if you attend a church, you notice that in the college years and, and even beyond up until the time that people get married, there seems to be a missing element in our churches of young people in college and then even beyond college. Uh, and and so they are. They're they're out there looking for answers, trying to figure out what life is about, and uh, and so that is what we're about is to try to help people of that age to strengthen their faith. Uh, okay, now Mid America Seminary, as I mentioned, began in the fall of 1971 is the School of the Prophets. A charter was granted by the state of Louisiana, I guess, soon after that. Why has a seminary decided that now is the time to open up a, a school like the college at Mid America? That's a great question. You know, uh, as you mentioned, it started in Little Rock in, in 1971, and even from the very first day, they had undergraduate education. We had an associate's degree. But over the last uh, several years, uh, we've sensed that uh, as people come to us from college at the seminary, that they don't seem to be as equipped, well-equipped as they need to be. And uh, so the burden – we really began to have a burden about college. And uh, even as early as, as 2011, we offered a bachelor's degree and then offered that online. And so we, we've had this um, this idea for a undergraduate degree, a four-year degree, and now we're, we're thinking that it's the time and we feel the leading to expand that to other degrees. Well, I know that there are many longstanding Christian colleges with some great traditions, as you well know. Uh, what do you feel is unique about your college? Well, that's a good question as well. Um, we obviously want to be uh, biblically based. We want to strengthen the faith of those that come to our school. We want to be academically excellent. We want the best people in their field to be teaching these students. And, uh, it, you know, we can sense that uh, college tuition is rising. You know, I mentioned that it's been 40 years since I've been out of high school, and that was a time when you would work during the summer for your your tuition money. You know, you could earn enough in, yeah. in the summer to to pay for your tuition throughout the year, but that's just not the case anymore. Uh, tuition since 1978 has gone up some 1,200%. It's really outstripped every other area of, of our society, and uh, so students are really struggling now with this issue of how can I pay for college. So we want to be affordable. And uh, part of that is a, a commitment to keep the tuition low so that students can graduate without mortgaging their future. Well, Brett, I noticed that connecting with the community is another priority. And as you mentioned, Mid-America College wants to pursue. Is there a particular need as it relates to our community right here in Memphis that the college is designed to reach? Well, the seminary has a program that connects the classroom to the community, and we want to emulate that at the college as well. So we have what's called the GO program, and this connects what they learn in the classroom to the community and beyond. And so we want our students to be involved actively in being the hands and feet of Jesus in the community. So we have a lot of different outlets for them to be active 
in uh, in this way to to not just learn theory, but also to put that theory into practice out in the real world. What kind of students, uh, Brad, do you hope will make up the face of the college at Mid-America? Well, we've, we've already had, obviously, we have uh, uh, students who have enrolled, and we've done a somewhat of a soft open this last year and so this next week we're going to do or actually here just in a couple of weeks we're going to do uh, our convocation it's our ribbon cutting it's the the grand opening type of experience and so we're looking for people who are people of faith who uh, are serious about education who want to make a difference Uh, we want people and students who are um, looking for a challenge academically and uh, who want to make a difference, who want to have – who sense a purpose in their life, in the business world and in other areas, uh, they feel that God can use them. And so that's really who uh, the Mid-America student, the, the, the college student really should look like. Is uh, you counsel a potential student that's trying to determine if the college at Mid-America is the right choice for them, what are some things that you want to help guide them through during that decision-making well, the first two years of the college are pretty much the same as any college. You have uh, general education courses. So if they, they might come to us and say, I don't know exactly what area God has, uh, has for me, whether it be in business or counseling or Christian studies or it could be an organizational leadership. I'm not exactly sure. You don't need to know exactly where you're going as you come to us, but a general sense that you want an education that is affordable and also Christ-centered. And uh, and then I think it's almost like the seminary experience. The Lord will help you to understand what that direction will be as you come to us. So the first two years are, are very much the same, but uh, the students that we're getting now, they are uh, purposeful, they are serious, they have a sense of uh, of uh, God's working in their life. This is a Christian school, not just in name, but also in practice. So, so you're also saying, I'm hearing you say there's going to be possibly some type of statement of faith at the beginning of enrollment that someone would provide? Yeah, we have articles of belief that the seminary uh, adheres to, and uh, so those that will teach in our college will um, agree to those same uh, uh, principles, those articles of belief. And then, of course, the, the code of conduct for our students is very much the same. Even though someone might not feel a call to vocational ministry, they still need to have a, an experience with the Lord Jesus Christ before they come to us uh, because all of our our teaching is based through a, a, uh, a Christian worldview. So things like uh – Test scores, other requirements for potential students, what would be involved there? So, so uh, somebody who's interested, obviously they need to have a GED or a high school diploma, and then they need to take the ACT. And we have scholarships. We have over 30 different types of scholarships, but certainly we have academic scholarships that are available for those. Uh, as you take your ACT, um, then based upon those different scores, you have uh, – uh, the access to scholarship money. Now, understand, too, you're trying to do as much as possible to take some of the financial burden off of the students so when they graduate, you know, they're not worried about having this big mountain of financial debt to pay back. So what are some things you're doing? I know the program is kind of, you say on your website, donor-driven, I guess, for funds? It is donor-driven, and uh, our model is, is very much different than a lot of schools, private schools, and even Christian schools. You know, the average median income in Memphis is about $37,000. When you go to some schools, 
that's that the tuition for just one year is more than that. So the access to Christian education, private education, just isn't there because if unless you want to take out loans. So we're trying not, we're trying to not. Um, uh, saddle these students with uh, this debt that would would uh, follow them throughout the, the years and even the interest on the debt. My daughter is a graduate of a school, private school, and many of the people that she went to school with, they have accumulated a lot of debt because they borrowed to get through school. And so they're elementary school teachers, and it's going to take a long time to pay that off, <laughs> yes, if, it is. unless you, uh, you're familiar with uh, And I would add our public teachers need a, a good raise, you know? They really do need a good raise. So, so anyway, it's, uh, it's something that we're, we're very serious about. You know, the, the cost is, is around $21,000 a year. And uh, the students only pay about $8,000 of wow. that. So the rest of it is made up by donors. Can you go back to the word on the GO program that you were talking about and how that connects with the students in the school? Sure. So uh, what we want our students to do is not just learn theory. Obviously, they want to learn all of that classroom activity and, and lesson, but connect that to the community so we have outlets for them to, for example, um, the Impact Center or some type of uh, literacy program or some type of uh, inner city school or some some such uh, program where we're trying to connect them to the real world so that they can see a value to the degree that they're earning and not just uh, it being a bubble, this, this uh, conceptual bubble, but we are connecting that classroom to the community. Uh, when you talk about specifics on leadership development, I know that's really a big thrust of this whole program. Right. Uh, how do you see that working with the community service? I mean, some real specifics on how that's going to work. Well, you know, we have a degree in organizational leadership, and this is for people who um, – a lot of these people might be coming back to school. They're already in their career and they're older. And so they're coming back, or we have people that are graduating from high school that have an interest in being some type of leader in an organization, Christian and otherwise. And so what this gives us, this gives them an opportunity to express leadership, not just to learn about leadership theory, change theory, and uh, some of the, the concepts that we learn in the classroom. It helps them to go out and actually exert leadership right. in, these, uh, in these outlets, these GO program outlets throughout the year. Was there any particular model on another Christian college campus that you might have looked at as you were trying to design this particular program? Or was this something specific on your heart and you knew where you wanted to go? Right. That's a very good question. At the seminary, we have something similar to this uh, where students will go out. These are people that are called to, to gospel ministry, to vocational ministry. They will go out and serve one hour a week on average and uh, share their faith uh, while they're doing their uh, their their one hour a week, and so we thought about using that seminary model, uh, which is similar to what we're doing in our Go program. Okay. Yeah. Now I know you do have student housing for seminary students. Will housing, like for dormitories and things like that, be made available for students? Yes, we have uh, great housing right now. It's uh, within walking distance of the campus, and we have apartments 
for uh, for married students and others, and then we have dorm uh, housing for college students. And okay, we, I wasn't aware of the dorm housing. That you yes, had. we do. We have dorm. So you rent a basically a room in a dorm room, and you might have some roommates, and so you uh, you do that throughout the course of the the school year, and then you can pack things up during the summer, and then come back the next fall. What have been some of the challenges for you, Brad, in starting this college? Well, the challenge is obviously you know we are donor driven. We're trying not to uh, saddle, as we've said before, our students with debt. So we always are looking for people to help us underwrite the cost of the college. So that's always a prayer concern for us. We we need people, and 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 most of the donors that we have, seminary and college, give. A, we have a lot of people giving a little money. And I'm a donor myself, and so I'm I'm part of that as well. And so many other of the leadership of the school have that same burden. But we have a lot of people giving a, lo- a little, and so we are always looking for people who have it on their heart and mind to help us financially. Yes. And then uh, obviously we're looking for the right faculty. Uh, so we we have a, a fine filter when it comes to faculty. We don't want just anybody teaching, you know, uh, at, at any with any method. We are looking for the very best. And so uh, that that fine filter sometimes it takes a little longer to find just that right person. You know, Brad. More and more, our faith in Christ is challenged in the public square. For example, just recently, Pastor Greg Laurie of Harvest Fellowship Church and also leads Harvest Crusades was asked to take down billboards that showed him holding a Bible to promote an upcoming crusade. It's in the news right now. How does Christian education, do you feel, best prepare students? to engage the culture and remain true to scripture. That's a very good question. Um, you know, there was an old there's a book, it's been around for a while, it's called Out of the Salt Shaker. So what you know, we need salt, but it's really of no use to us if it just stays in the salt shaker. So how is it that we can be salt and light? And uh, so the challenge for us is not just to hide our, our light under a bushel, but how can we be relevant and also be impactful in a culture? Uh, and how can we, th- these young people that we're training, how can we, we send them out into the business world, to the world of, of uh, management, to the world of counseling, to the world of Christian studies? And, and uh, other degrees that we'll have. How can we? Uh, how can they be salt out of the salt shaker? How can they have impact? And a lot of that, I think, is um, is caught. Doctor Adrian Rogers, who used to be the pastor at Bellevue Baptist Church, said that the Mid America experience is scholarship on fire. I love that because it is scholarship. It, we, it needs to be meaningful scholarship and legitimate scholarship, but it needs to be on fire. In other words. Uh, it's, it, there's a purpose to our scholarship, and that is to go out and change the world, just as Jesus commanded, commanded us to do. Brad, I like that. Well, we want to also remind everybody about the uh, Mid-America ribbon-cutting ceremony for the new college. Now, is the classes for this fall already started? Uh, no, they'll start uh, the week of Founders Days. Is, uh, those, those are actually uh, class sessions, and then we'll have one day that week, and then the next week we'll, we will have uh, our, our regular schedule. So we're trying to start off every year with a Bible uh, conference and just get our, our engines all revved up and ready to go. And so we have 
preaching. And as you've mentioned, we have Dr. Ken Ham coming and uh, Dr. Michael Spradlin, Dr. Dr. Tim Seal. And uh, it's just a, a way for us to get our faculty and our students and all the people that are involved in the college and the seminary on the right page as we, we begin. I mean, Founders Day week is an event in itself. I mean, if you've never participated, I mean, this is open to the public. You don't have to be a student at the seminary or the college. I mean, this is open nightly. There's events, as you mentioned, Dr. Ken Ham speaking in a special session as you cut the ribbon and put the full opening on the college. And this is really exciting. Uh, give us the website and some more details. Of course, August 21st, I think 5 o'clock is the ribbon-cutting ceremony. 7 p.m., Dr. Ham will be speaking. Any more details you want to throw in real quickly? Well, that's the, the, the schedule pretty much stays the same. Monday at 7 p.m., we have that first night. It's going to be great with Dr. Tim Seal. This is where the faculty sign the articles, and uh, anybody's welcome. The whole community is welcome. We have special music. Tuesday will be that time when Dr. Ken Ham comes. He'll be at 7 o'clock. We will have uh, the uh, installation of the dean. So we have a dean of the college and also a dean of the seminary. And uh, that's just going to be a special time for us. It'll be the first time we've ever had a convocation uh, as a part of our um, our Founders Days. And so we're just excited as we can be. We are very excited. Also want to say a, a shout-out to Dr. Michael Spradlin, my good friend, who has just authored this book called Sons of the 43rd, the story of Delmer Dotson, Gray Allison, and the men of the 43rd Bombardment Group of the Southwest Pacific. I'm holding the book up here for our Facebook friends just released. Get your copy of this book, and we're going to get Dr. Spradlin on real soon to talk about it. Dr. Brad Thompson, thank you so much for what you do for Christ's kingdom and our community through this exciting new school here in Memphis, uh, Mid-America College. We welcome you. You've already been a, a mainstay here in a city anyway, but <laughs> now with this new exciting ministry with the college. Well, thank you for having us and having me. It's been my pleasure to be here. We're excited about uh, our, our college as we begin. If you know of a young person or uh, otherwise, if you know somebody who uh, has a in their heart and mind to attend a, a, a Christian college that will encourage them and support and uplift their faith at an at a affordable tuition, you'd have them contact us because we want to talk to them. That website is mabts.edu, mabts.edu. Be sure to go to the website get all the details. Again, friend, thanks for joining us on this edition of Mid-South Viewpoint. To our Facebook friends, too, I'm Byron Tyler. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. 